This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. Good evening, folks. Welcome to Dystopical. Um, Kat and I are here again this evening with a very special guest, Alina Muhammad Ali. Welcome, Alina. Thank you for having me. Um, we will be talking to Alina later on about being queer and Muslim in Melbourne, and hopefully it'll just be a conversation about um, the experiences, you know, of, of having that faith and, you know, interacting with the queer community as well as the Muslim community. Mm-hmm. Um, let alone finding that community. Let alone, yeah, exactly. So, uh, obviously, as we always say on this topical, we can't relate the views of all queer women because it's different for everyone. Everyone has different experiences, backgrounds, different ages, etc. So, this topical will always be from our point of view and our honest point of view. Um, so, if your view, thoughts, or experiences are different or um, you think the things that we've just said are plain ridiculous then please um, <laughs> talk to us we'd love to hear from you right into the show um, you can text us at 0427 joy 949 you can facebook us at dystopical d-y-s-t-o-p-i-c-a-l or email us at oh this is the bit where i'm supposed to say something <laughs> um, you can email us at dear.dystopical at gmail.com or dystopical at joy.org.au but first uh, we're going to go to a track all right, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that. We're just playing a little bit of old school music this evening, as we usually do. Um, that was Madonna with Express Yourself and Sarah McLaughlin with Building a Mystery. That's right. All right, so um, we have Alina on this evening. Alina Muhammad Ali, a lawyer um, who has a passion for social justice and law reform. Um, she recently joined the state government to work in public health law and legal policy and is, um, she says, learning the wheels of of working within the system. So prior to government, Alina was a principal and policy solicitor in a community legal center and has a long history of community legal center involvement. She's also spoken regularly at conferences and at workshops. Um, and relevant to us, she facilitates a queer Muslims in Australia Yahoo group. Is that Yahoo? How do I emphasize the who? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yahoo. 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 Yeah, the Yahoo group. <laughs> well, and more on that later. Um, and is also the chair of the Australian GLBTIQ Multicultural Council. Um, a little bit about her personal life. Alina lives with her partner, their young baby boy, and um, a couple of cats in Melbourne. <laughs> whose names are, are we allowed to say? <laughs> Amicus and Gizmo. <laughs> Excellent names. Um, she also enjoys a fiery debate, um, all by the energy being weakened due to many sleepless nights and a baby. All right, so Alina, thanks again for joining us this evening. Um, can you tell us a little bit about reflecting on your own experiences? Um, how, how inclusive has the GLBTI community been of Muslim queers and maybe in your situation or in, you know, in situations of other people that you know about? Um, good, good question for him, but just before I start, I've got to say that I absolutely love your and Kat's disclaimer because I was going to say <laughs> that, that this is, these are my views, my points, I don't speak for all queer Muslims, all queer Muslim women in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. The world, but, the universe. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty much. But um, just obviously talking about my experiences and experiences I, I've had with... Um, other Muslim queers and with the LGBTIQ community, 
Um, look, I actually think that Victoria is um, it's 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 a bit hard to answer that question right away because of just how diverse and how different the um, LGBTIQ community is. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. whether you're in the city or in a rural town, they're going to say, I have a community in the rural town, I have a community in the city, mm-hmm. but then within the city, I've got sub-communities. So mm. I th- I'd probably say that, um, I, I, that I don't think that there's been any issue as such, like in, in that, from my understanding, because you can't actually pick... A Muslim. I mean, sure, you can say that man looks Arab, therefore he must be Muslim. But I mean, he could be Arab Christian, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, I'm not Arab, but I am Muslim. Yet I get asked, you know, if I have if I'm Italian, if I'm Turkish, if I'm whatever, and I could be all sorts of different um, religions again. So I think it's um, being Muslim and queer is a little bit harder to place or stereotype. Notwithstanding that, you could say, oh well, you know, again, Lebanese must be Muslim. But then again, I'd be arguing, hello, Lebanese could be Christian. So I'd probably say that the LGBTIQ community is relatively accepting because it's not really an issue as such. Now, Mm. if you would ask me about race, I'd say that's a different story. Well, looking at it the other way around then, what does Islam say about homosexuality? Well, uh, you know, I... I, I, um I have to turn around. Uh, uh, to, I have to actually answer that with a long answer, so cut in any time, and say that. Well, who's Islam? Like, because even okay. within Islam, you've got not unlike Christianity, you've got your Catholics and your Protestants. Within Islam, you've got your Sunnis and your Shias. They're the main predominant um, sects. But then you've got a gazillion other ones. There's apparently like 99 in all, and or something like that. I don't even know what the number is. Mum tells me, and I keep on forgetting. Because <laughs> I don't. Oh, she must be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I haven't memorized everything. Naughty girl. <laughs> But um, look, you'd be asking who's Islam because there is there are certain schools of thought that say that well homosexuality, and if you look at the word homosexuality as well, it's a word that wasn't even you know constructed until like the eighteen fifties or something. Uh, eighteen sixty nine actually, you, oh, I, I read you, this thank evening. Thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> Yep. So there you go. I was 19 years off. And, um, so, Shame on you. <laughs> so, it, you know, you've got to ask, well, what do you mean by homosexuality? I mean, most, it's, you know, most Muslims who will do a um, technical, literal reading of the word of God, which is Islam, will turn around and say to you, there's the story of Lot there, you know, or Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says homosexuality is evil. There were men who were lustful about other men and they must be burnt in hell and, you know, and, and, you know, they, they committed a crime. But if you actually go behind that, you find out that there were all sorts of things happening in, and this is in the Old Testament as well, that talk about, you know, men, you know, raping women, raping men, raping animals, like all sorts of horrible, horrible things. So what it actually is meant to be is a story about, um, you know, causing harm or causing, you know, danger. And yes, you can accept it as, oh, well, it's saying that, you know, raping animals is the same as raping, you know, uh, as, as same as raping men because uh, it's all evil and wrong. And I would say, yes, rape is evil and wrong. Therefore, I agree with that interpretation that rape, bad, not good. But if you were to say to me that, um, or and people do that, you know, we're talking consensual sexual relations between two men. And keep in mind that that most of the most of the times that you'll even hear about homosexuality, women get kind of forgotten, yes. you know, because obviously mm. we don't have sex. But um, 
<laughs> but men do. But um, you, you'll hear that people will not actually see that, that. They will say that men having sex with men is supposedly unnatural. And when you ask them why, they'll say, oh, because they can't have babies. That's the number one thing you will hear from fellow Muslims. Mm. You know, oh, same with uh, Catholicism. And, and that's the same thing that you will hear from, 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 um, from Catholic, um, Catholics as well because of this whole argument that we're meant to procreate and have mm. kids. And I was having a discussion with my sister over dinner. I said, it's just ridiculous because then you can – it's the same argument that, oh, my God, we shouldn't have assisted reproductive technology. We should not allow heterosexual people to breed, mm-hmm. you know, on, on that basis. So, I mean, I think it's very difficult to take a literal reading of the Old Testament or the Word of God and try and translate that into th- 2011 because you're going to run up run into to barriers. So Absolutely. Take it as it was. It was a story about the time. It was a story about what was going on in the world a long, long time ago. And then work out the story from it. Don't go around committing harm. And are there readings of... Of, of the Quran or are there sort of Islamic scholars now that um, have a more um, contemporary reading of, of that literature and who are more accepting of the way that society has changed and has become more accepting of, of homosexuality? Look, I the way that you know yeah, some, no, no, some no, segments no, of the church have. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I think that's a great question. Look, personally, look, I was raised Sunni. And being Sunni means we're very, very reluctant to follow any particular religious leader. Um, we don't believe that any someone could be very very learned but we don't like to follow their 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 teachings we my family and my ext- my extended family have always said you go and arrive at the truth yourself which is quite different from the you know the sect that I come from which is a, which is Shia and so we rely very much on um on on more recent inter- interpretations of of the Quran and of you know readings after that and um, of what religious leaders tell us now of how we can interpret our faith and how we can live our lives to be more in sync with contemporary you know, culture, including around gender equality. Mm. So that's interesting. Well, it is. It means I'm the Protestant, you're the Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but the, that's just it, see? I mean, because I haven't had, and I do know that there are religious clerics out there who have tried to come up with a more progressive way of thinking, but unfortunately, um, and you said this too, gender equality is something that's only just in the last X amount of years become more of an issue for for Muslims world over to address. So mm. I think I actually do think homosexuality is the the last frontier, like mm. it, or the next frontier. It's yep. it is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you just need to look at different countries and see how they treat homosexuality different. Like I come from Pakistan, where it's forbidden by law. You can be put in prison. Blah 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 blah. And yet every Friday night, you will see youngish boys who are in their mid-teens sitting on like the corner of a street with a bottle of massage oil and I remember asking my mum what are they doing and mum's just like I don't want to talk to you about it right now and my dad's just like oh oh no they're just offering earwax clean outs and I'm like oh okay believing my dad that these guys sit there to clean out people's ears like rich people drive up and then get their ears cleaned and then my mother tells me later that they're actually rent boys Mm. and I couldn't believe that that Mm. I was in shock and I was like but but what isn't this forbidden blah 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 and mum's like no it's actually women pick them up and men pick them up and it's you know the police pretend like it doesn't happen and so it's you know it's all of that homosexuality happens in muslim culture so we know that these practices exist we know that there are queer muslims in in muslim countries as well as there are in australia it's just we don't get to hear their stories as mm. much as we do the stories and of i guess muslims when we've been we've yeah. been looking into it um it seems to be one thing to to find out information 
or even support for um, uh, queer uh, male Muslims, but they're just there just isn't that much info for for lesbians. Well, see, the, one of the reasons I reckon for that is, um, I mean, if if you want information for lesbian Muslims, there is a group in England that has a chapter devoted just to women. But about seven years ago, and we'll talk about this later, I set up a um, Yahoo group, and I made it so that it was LGBTIQ and not just limited to women because Mm -hmm. I wasn't really sure as to how many. I'd had a couple of friends come out to me on the dance floor, but, like, I was like, how many people am I actually going to get? And if I broaden my my net, I may capture lots more people and then we can stage the revolution and and queer Muslim the entire, you know, country. How many years ago is this? Uh, Seven. (laughs) You're, like, in your 20s then, weren't you? (laughs) No, but, no, I'm sorry. It's still a great great idea. It's a great idea. And uh, how many people are a part of this Yahoo group now? 98 as a wow. count today. I just had a look. And that's 98 from all over Australia. So, And I like to think it's 98 brave people who have taken that step to to try and reconcile their spirituality or religion and or religion and their sexual sexuality or, or gender identity. and Or it's people who are just looking to find other people like themselves. Yeah. Because the, the hardest thing about coming out, and I think this is for everyone, is that horrible feeling about being alone and isolated. Is there anyone else like me? And being... Um, being queer for me was, was um, of course, like so many people, you know, um, hard enough, but being and wanting to still identify as Muslim was really the challenge. And um, I couldn't find anyone like me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, also in that reconciling of your sexuality with your um, family relationships, um, how, how accepting is the, the um Muslim population of Muslims that identify as queer? <laughs> Look, I can only speak for my family yeah. and I am very blessed because I have a, um, I have a son who my father um, treats as and calls his grandson. Um, it helps that our anonymous donor was picked on the basis of his ethnicity, which is mine, and therefore he looks like me, um, albeit my Anglo partner does all the work and <laughs> sort of brown baby comes out. <laughs> but but oh, he still has her, her features. But um, I think my, um, my, my parents, my father more so struggled for a very long time. Mm. And that was partly because of his whole vision of, well, he has two daughters and one day they're going to marry and then he's going to give them the husbands a Parker pen that he bought when we were born and blah, blah, blah. And I think... Did uh, your partner get that Parker pen? Well, we had a wedding last year in January <laughs> and I... I and well, Catherine cried her head off because he gave her the pen. Albeit, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. cry now. <laughs> the outside of the case is all like fungus and mold because it's like 34 years old. It's a lovely story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he gave her the pen. But look, the he took a while pen. to get there. <laughs> the pen's okay. The, the box isn't. <laughs> but he took a while to get there. And um, for a very long time, part of that reason that he took a long time to get there is because, you know, once I actually came out. I tried to go back in out of respect for him. So I pretended that my partner was my friend and and I sent so much confusion to them, to my mm. parents, that they were like, well, either we are trying to embrace her or we need to not embrace her. And if you're not sure, maybe you're still in a phase. Yeah. So it's it's going to be different for every family. And my mm. and my mum and dad are never going to join PFLAG. It's not them. 
They, yeah. you know, they live in Same. Australia. Yeah. They live in Australia, but they come from the east. And my mum actually said to me, she was down here in Melbourne um, a few weeks ago, and she goes, you always hear about the kid side of things. You know, you always hear about, oh, oh, poor me, I'm queer, I'm queer. What about the mum, the mum from the east who has to talk to her friends about her grandson? And when they say, oh, Alina got married, she has to go, Yes, because yes, I went to Alina's wedding, but then when they go, how come you didn't invite us and what's a husband like? Then I have to go, uh, can we just talk about my grandson again? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it's I don't expect any more from my parents. They accept my relationship and they accept my son and I don't expect them to go around and in their community tell everybody, hey, guess what? Our daughter's a big dyke, you know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that from them. They've accepted me by, by loving my son. All right, excellent. So we're going to come right back to that conversation, but meanwhile, we're going to play you a couple of tunes. Welcome back. So we've just been listening to Finally See Our Way with Art versus Science and another old classic, Scar Tissue Red Hot Chili Peppers. And tonight we're talking to Alina Muhammad Ali about uh, being queer and Muslim. Um, if you would like to weigh in on the conversation, you can text us on 0427JOY949. You can Facebook us at Dystopical, which is D-Y-S-T-O-P-I-C-A-L, or email us at dear.dystopical at gmail.com or dystopical at joy.org.au. So, Alina, um, if you're willing to share this, how were you able to reconcile being both Muslim and queer? Are these identities paradoxical at all for you or for anyone? Willing to share this? It sounds a bit rude, isn't it? Like, <laughs> ask this naughty question. <laughs> all right, I, I'll rephrase it. Can you just tell us? Yeah, that's, <laughs> just, that's better. Just straight share. up. Straight up. <laughs> oh, look... Um, now, this is the bit in the show where everyone cries a bit because this is me being serious. Farine will stop smiling now. Okay, on air, um, she's not smiling anymore. She stopped smiling. She stopped smiling. That's serious. It's very um, serious around here right now. Now, I lived in Sydney most of my life and I've lived in – yeah, and then I moved to Canberra for um, one of my degrees and I only spent a year there. And um, – well, I was have to say that it's quick. Very important, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it was only sorry, a year, folks. Sorry, Canberra. Please take her seriously. Do you know, on, when, I, when I left to move back to Sydney to finish my degree, on the uni form, it actually asks why you're leaving and weather is one of the reasons you can tick, and that's what I ticked. Like, I left for the weather. I really did. Do you know how cold it is to play soccer in Canberra? Like, it's freezing. Anyway. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> anyway, um, I moved to Canberra, and it was actually my first time I was properly out of home. Like, I'd lived at college, and I'd lived, you know, in boarding-type environments, but I'd always had my parents in the same city. Mm-hmm. And moving to Canberra was actually away from my mum and dad. So I was like, yes, now I can be properly open about being queer because I'd kept on lying to them and saying, oh, I'm women's officer when I'd been queer officer, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, these are all my friends that are staying over. I have a different friend every night staying over. I have lots of friends. Yes. Don't worry. I'll do the washing. I'll wash all the sheets. <laughs> yeah. And my parents just pretended like none of it was going on. Surely but, they knew something was up. Well, I did get told years later, how stupid do you think? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, got, I got told that, you know, when I came out and 
they said, look, we've actually known since from the age of eight you insisted on <laughs> going to the queer pride parade. Eight? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Good that, on that you. usually like my, my summer request. Can we go to the queer pride parade? Oh, for the colours. Yeah, yeah. It's such funny rainbows. She just likes rainbows. rainbows. I like rainbows and glitter. What can I say? I still do. Anyway, anyway tell us about but, your story. But this is it. But this this is true. Like, I, I, I hadn't been open about being queer. And um, being Muslim spiritually for me has always been important because my mum in particular has been – I mean, she doesn't like it when I call her progressive Muslim because she thinks that all Muslims, if they have a proper understanding of Islam, are progressive Muslims. So it's kind of like, you know, it's a word that shouldn't even be used. It's almost offensive. But I think she's a progressive Muslim because, yeah, she believes in education. She believes in going and teaching yourself. and. And here I have this really progressive Muslim, and when I try to have a conversation with her about sexuality, I get told, oh, I did that at boarding school, you'll go out of it, it's just a phase. To which I just shut down and was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. So when I moved to Canberra, I decided, well, I'm going to be out and open about my um, sexuality. And I was while in Canberra. And then I came home to Sydney one weekend, and, and I was having a chat with my mum, and she turned around and said, well, do you know, if you're going to be, if you're going to say that you're um, queer, by the way, she hates that word because she comes from the generation where it's a bad word, mm-hmm. but um, I've always embraced it and it's the word I use. As you can see, I was at uni in the 90s, <laughs> but um, go queer theory, but um, if, if, if you're going to say you're queer, you have to accept, Elena, that you cannot also call yourself a Muslim because queer and Muslim cannot go together. I remember my mum saying this to her, and so I said, fine, I won't be Muslim. And I just said that because I was like, you back me into a corner and like an angry animal, I will lash out. And mm. I did. And I remember going back to Canberra and telling the then girlfriend that, well, I've decided I hate Islam and I want nothing to do with it. And it's mm. a whole lot of crock of shit. If this is what it means. I thought it was about being a good person. I thought it was the way you live your life. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, sense of being, you know, the word Islam means peace. Well, this is all nonsense then. It's lies. I've lived a life of lies for, you know, 20 plus years. And... um my um, my um, mind actually didn't agree with what my heart said. Mm. Like, you know, mm. my, my heart actually went into this horrible, almost depression because I actually wasn't happy. It felt very much like the same way for years I'd been hiding being queer and pretending I wasn't. And when I tried to pretend I wasn't Muslim and... It was the same kind of pain or isolation, yet, albeit a completely different area. Mm-hmm. I, real, I realised that both of those parts of me are just as important as each other. I cannot be queer and not have the Muslim with me. It is yeah. a very important part of me. It is a cultural part of me, but it is also a spiritual part of me. I don't like to use the word religious because it's been hijacked by, <laughs> by organised yeah, crime, sorry, really organised religion. Yeah. yeah, But I do believe that the spiritual part of me is important. I like having someone to thank. I like having someone to yell at when I'm angry. Like, for me, that's what spirituality is about, having yeah. that um, connection. And I don't need someone to tell me if I can or cannot have it. So... I decided that I needed to to be able to stand up to my mom and say, well, no, I actually embrace both, that they, they are a part of me. And I remember coming back one weekend, I'm going to have the showdown with her and I'm going to tell her, you know, and I'm ready for the screaming because we like to both scream and blah. And I said, mom, I know you have problems with this, but being Muslim is important to me and I'm still Muslim and even if I'm a queer Muslim, that's right. And mom's just like, yeah, that's fine. What do you want for dinner tonight? <laughs> <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> Hours of agony. Oh, Days yes. of agony. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> 
So that's kind of how it was reconciled, I suppose, in a way. And it's probably a continuing sort of dialogue that you have with yourself and with other people. Especially when you're challenged. Like, And Muslims will be the biggest critics of other Muslims. Like... um, I don't think it's any different from um, Catholics criticising Catholics or Mm. Jews criticising Jews. There's this belief that because I am part of your religion or you are part of mine, I have this all-seeing right to tell you where you're wrong. Mm. You know, never that, you know, oh, okay, you have a different way of viewing things, you you come from a different world, but you and I share the same, you know, we're on the same boat. There's this kind of need to tell people where they are wrong. And the, the thing that drives me bonkers about that is that Islam has this whole concept of the day of judgment. So it says that once you die, then the decision gets made as to, well, what's going to happen with you? Where are you going? And yeah, there's that whole heaven and hell thing. Now, call me simplistic, but I have this whole belief that, eh, we're all going to heaven. And I like living in that world. You know, If bad people go, hmm, I don't want to be a bad person anymore. I want to be a good person. Well, they're going to heaven. I like living in that simplistic, mm-hmm, idealistic mm-hmm. world because that's how I I would like to view my spiritual faith. Having someone turn around and tell to me, well, you're a bad person, you're going to hell, it, it doesn't sit right because I wouldn't say that to someone. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't tell someone or pass that kind of judgment on them and say that, well, you don't do something the way I believe you should do it. Therefore, you know, it's fire and brimstone for you. Mm. Now, do, do you think that there are specific issues that, um, for that uh, you know, that affect queer Muslims, or in particular, that you know, should be something that the wider queer or Australian or Muslim you know audience should know about? What 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 is a message that we want to give to our joy listeners? I think I think um, being Muslim in Australia, unfortunately, is now in 2011 not very that different to being muslim anywhere in the world there's a growing trend of islamophobia mm-hmm. mm. there is distrust and 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 almost and yeah hatred of 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 muslims for the fact that some fanatics you know in you know in the name of islam have committed atrocities and and i think that that's that's a concern and a worry um um especially um in a country like Australia, which is supposedly secular mm. and is not meant to... I just want to say, because Christians have never done anything Oh, like no, that. no, no. It's never happened in <laughs> Ireland, and the <laughs> yeah. Spanish have never ever, you no, know... No, nothing, the nothing. Basques, no, no, the UT, no, no. There's never been a terrorist group there. <laughs> but um, th- this is just it. Like, I mean, because there is that widespread ignorance of also the whole thing about what a Muslim looks like and what a Muslim... I mean, we're currently on DVD watching East West, which is um, a pretty good um, ABC series about... Um, It's based on a real-life cop in Sydney who was an Egyptian Muslim and how he copes with racism and ignorance within his own squad, his own team. And in one of the scenes last night, he arrives, because he's a homicide detective, he arrives at at the scene of a crime and he walks up to the crime and uh, walks up to view the body and he gets stopped instantly where where one of his white colleagues walks right through. He gets stopped and told, "Um, mate, no spectators. And he pulls out his badge and says, yeah, we come in all all sorts of colours now. Mm. And I thought that was such a good line because mm. it's based on a real life um, cop <laughs> years ago in Sydney. And I thought that, um, yeah, because we have this preconception and he looks Arab. He does. And um, we, we have this preconception of what a Muslim looks like. Therefore, we have this instant suspicion or this instant judgment call. And I think that's still a problem in Australia because if you living in that kind of fear or that kind of confusion or that ignorance and then you've also got to deal with your sexuality or your gender yeah. identity that can be a, that can be pretty overwhelming for young people especially yeah absolutely like coming out is obviously and like i said for many many people one of the biggest and hardest and most memorable or in a good or a bad way things that any 
person will ever go through and add to that the fear that you may or may not, you know, may lose a community or you may not be accepted into a new community because of your other community, it can be very difficult. So I actually do think that um, for that if someone wants to come out, they should come out on their terms. Like I've always believed that. Never, No one should ever believe that, well, I must come out because all my friends are coming out. You need to, you need to, you need to embrace it when it's it's right for you. Mm. And um, and if you're queer and you're Muslim, well, um, I've um, subtly handed Farine a uh, <laughs> <Which> we'll <be laughs> funky talking. little Yahoo group, <laughs> which we'll be talking about in in just a sec. All right, we're going to play you a couple of tracks, and when we come back, um, Alina is going to answer a an agony aunt question called "Dear Dystopical." Welcome back. That was uh, Cheb Khaled with the Aisha. Aisha. <laughs> you got to say it with a little in the back of your throat. It's a great song. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, if you want to know what's going on at your favourite lesbian and gay radio station, just head to the Joy website. It's got everything you need to know about your favourite shows, prizes, podcasts, special events, and so much more. And while you're there, check out the amazing behind the scenes at Joy 94.9 video as well. It's a great piece about who we are, what we do, and why we do it. And you can stream it now on the homepage at joy.org.au and you can also join the nearly 3,000 people around Australia and across the globe who have downloaded the free Joy app and are now tuned into Joy whenever they like wherever they like. It's free and it's all yours now so see the banner at joy.org.au for more details. Thanks Kat. Um, So this evening we've been talking to Alina about being queer and Muslim in Melbourne. Um, Alina this is the, the part of the evening where we get to you know the agony aunt let's say this is Farine's yeah, favorite this part. is my favorite part um we call it dear dystopical um and the dear dystopical question for this evening is i'm queer and grew up in a muslim family i'm in my second year of uni i'm not out to my family except my sister or anyone in my community i want to be honest with them but i'm not sure if they'll accept me what do i do where can i get to know others in my situation wow um I'd like to say that that's a really rare question that I've never heard before, but um, on the Yahoo group that I co-facilitate, we get questions very much like that. Um, We have people who, yeah, who are basically trying to reconcile their sexual orientation or gender identity and their spirituality, and the the first thing that they say is about their family and Mm. their community. That's the first thing that comes out, like, and the fear of losing them Mm -hmm. and, and... they found the group through through joy or through you know whatever means, and um, so they're like happy because there is a group group here. But then the question comes, mm-hmm. and because it's a moderator group and not anyone can just join, you put through a vigorous screening process. <laughs> you ask a couple of questions, <laughs> but um, w- once you get onto the group, um, that question or that they may have goes onto the group, and people instantly respond either directly to that person or or. Um, or um, in the, you know share it with the rest of the group as to you know their experience or what they you know what they've gone through and because it's not a um, support group none of us are counsellors um, but it's more of a social support group it's there f- for people to just share their their experiences um, that that person would probably find that they're not alone that there are many people out there and I know they may not believe that and if they're listening in right now they may think they're the only one I mean I. I had no idea that there was, you know, such a thing as other queer Muslims, you mm-hmm. know, seven years ago when I was trying to set up the group because 
I mean, sure, I'd met a couple, but the minute I said to them, hey, let's make a group or let's meet like every Thursday night, they'd go, no, I'll deny it. You know, yeah. I, I just don't want to be um, public, <clears throat> public about it. So um, creating the Yahoo group was a way to preserve that anonymity but still have that space and, you know, yay for the internet revolution. I'm not as um, cool as um, getting onto a Facebook page or Twitter or Yammer or whatever, and uh, it's still very much just a Yahoo group, but it seems to do, you know. The trick, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. To the job. It's, it seems to, yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for answering that question. And if you want to get onto the Yahoo group, it's QMs, Queer Muslims in Australia. Um, Kat and I will put up the information shortly on our Facebook page. But um, you can also email um, Alina. We'll put, put up our, her email address too on our Facebook page to get in touch. Alina, thanks again for being with us this evening. Yeah, thank you great. so much. It was really interesting. Thank you for having me. To find out more about Joy 94.9, check out joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.